Never miss a moment of the team you love with every game of every round, live and ad break free in play on KO Sports. New to KO? Start your free trial today. It's your biggest sports show on Saturday morning. Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Joey Montagna, Jay-Z Clark and Fox Footy's Kath Lockman as they talk all things sport and tackle the big topics. Do you catch up with those things and go, oh, you were so good. Yeah, Jay, that's what we do. We all get around each other and tell each other how good we used to be. Get out YouTube, start reliving highlights. This is Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Yeah, they're humble, those St Kilda boys. Hello, one and all. We're... Wherever you are this Saturday morning, Joey and Jay, pleasure to be back with you. And gents, I'm going to cut straight to the chase. It is the morning after Buddy Franklin kicked his 1,000th goal in epic scenes at the SEG. Tell me, where were you? What did you think? Can you believe what we witnessed last night? No, it was pretty special. I was on the couch by myself, just a nice little glass of red. And um, I was looking forward to the moment and it was was awesome. It was everything I hoped it would be. Uh, We'll chat more about it a bit later on. But I must admit, I did get sweaty palms when I saw Bud stuck in that crowd because I'm Mm. a bit claustrophobic and (laughs) maybe why I didn't kick a thousand because I wouldn't have wanted to be in the middle of that mosh pit. It was pretty scary, but lucky he's six foot six and 100 kilos. Yeah, we wouldn't have been able to see you, Joey, in the middle of all those people. (laughs) That's for sure. I would have been trampled on for sure. Not that that's it. I'm a ruckman. Excited scenes right across every lounge room in the country last night. Everyone was hoping for him to kick his fourth and notch up the thousand. But we will speak about uh, more of that in a second. But, Kath, I've heard some um, an exciting whisper this week that you've had. Because you're, you're the star of this new show on Fox Footy, Best on Ground. Is it starting next I don't next know about Sat- the star. That's probably a bit of a stretch. But one, I'm, I'm one of five. One of the stars. So that's yep. Brownie. Bucks, Rui, Rui, and the great Mark Howard. Yourself. That's a fair bit of budget and too Howard. in the salary cap. <laughs> Those four. And, the, and Kath, by the way. And the strut in that room. But I, I've heard you've had the practice. I've heard that you, the practice went sensationally and it was yeah. hilarious. But I, I was on know, fire. Yeah. Who, who was the funniest in the in the rehearsal? Who who we expect? Because I'm Ooh. wondering, you know, Bucks, can he do the funny guy thing? He was probably... The funniest. Yeah. Three votes, Buckley. Because we've seen him, this serious Collingwood coach, for so long. And then you're going to see this lighter, fun side to Nathan Buckley. So he was probably the funniest. I've seen some snippets. Nathan Buckley yes. is very funny in it. I actually <laughs> liked it. Still not sure about Rui. <laughs> but, but, but Bucks definitely is going to be funny and catchy. is the star of that show. Don't Can't worry wait. about that. Are you, By the way... You look nice and sharp today, Jay-Z. He Sometimes does. you come in a bit ragged. And one time, Kathy came in with his T-shirt on inside out. But today, you're all dressed up. Your hair's yeah, looking nice. You smell good. You're he's been to fresh. body fit. He's oh, feeling yeah. good, feeling fit. Body fitness. I'm in great shape. Just shorts and a T-shirt for me, Joey. It's just that, That's why I'm wearing the same thing as you. you just look sharp. Thanks, mate. I'm giving you a compliment. Okay. You've Take it. A, you've had a haircut too, Joey. You I look did, sharp. I did indeed. Thank you, Kathy. Mm. One so, of you are going to say I look sharp? Or? Oh, you look great. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've dressed down compared to last week. The first show. You dressed up and yeah, now it's active wear. This is the real me. Uh, if you didn't watch the footy last night, well, you didn't miss much other than Lance Buddy Franklin becoming just the sixth man in AFL VFL history to kick a thousand goals. Franklin lining up for his first for the night, hits it well, first for Buddy, and he's now three away. Looking for his second, he hits it through, but got nine hundred and nine. Take a good kick from 52. Strikes it. It's coming. It's coming. Of course it's coming. He's got the arm down. Say what about me? But he's on 900 at 99. All right, you got to look for one man. He's on the lead. Franklin. What a goes to Franklin. And Bunny Marks on his chest. 
Franklin crosses the 50 now, hits 40. It's all about the kick. It's right through the middle. Buddy joins the legends with a thousand goals. And the Sydney fans come from absolutely everywhere. It's pandemonium at the SCG. And what about the smile on his face? Oh, Friday night when he was all about Swan superstar Lance Buddy Franklin kicking his 1,000th goal as the Swans feature long by 30 points. Gents, the scenes of a packed SCG crowd running onto the field will be something none of us footy fans will ever forget. It will be. It was all about Buddy Franklin. It just seemed a bit of Triple M. It was all about Mark Howard. Yeah. <laughs> Did you notice he called all four goals last night? Oh, there might have been something in the contract there, Howie, because was Luke Darcy calling with him last night? Yes. Didn't seem to be there. <laughs> a lot of pressure on all commentators working on last night's match. I mean, that is, that is a a scenes that are going to be repeated for decades. And the first point for me was for Buddy to kick it because the nightmare would have been if he kicked the point because the fans were, they were on anyway, they were running. So it would have been a nightmare if he had missed, but um, uh, it was, it was an awesome moment. It was everything we hoped it would be. It was um, spectacular. It was pandemonium. And uh, young Chad Warner, he's going to have a moment he'll never yes. forget, just hitting the little lead up to Bud. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's a very special round. Only six plays in the history of the game. And I and agree with a few others. I don't think we'll ever see it again. How did the security team rate their performance last night? Because I, th- I thought they could have been a little bit quicker to the mark to get to Buddy to help him sort of usher off the ground because he did well to keep his cool, as I said, uh, in that moment as everyone was brushing his hair. But what is clear is that Buddy came into last night's game absolutely wanting to knock off this milestone. Mm. So his sister flies in from L.A., and he's leaving tomorrow. So this is her chance to see it. Her parents, of course, or his parents, of course, are over from WA. So he went into last night's game wanting to kick the four. And that little double back lead in the fourth term, it was absolutely astounding. We all got off our uh, couches. And it wasn't it great to see Buddy really lap up the moment, really yeah. enjoy the moment. Like the Cobb Reflex, that photo from Michael Wilson, it's got to go down oh. as one of the great photos. Epic. Yep. Surrounded yep. by people. Have you got a... Um, Buddy story, Joey, have oh, you ever felt the power plenty, of this plenty, man? Plenty of stories. The good one that sticks out, probably because I've still got his um, handprint palmed on my chest, was playing the SCG <laughs> at a stoppage. I'm in the right position to cover. To Buddy Franklin did one of his sort of wheels from the stoppage. The ball went straight to him and he just put his hand straight through my chest, sent me flying, kicked the goal, and I've still got the uh, the, the, the tattoo of his, arm, his, his um, handprint in my chest. But... Uh, Look, I don't think we'll ever see it again because when you think about it, that's 70, 75 goals a year for 14 years. I don't think we're going to see a player be able to do that for a long, long time. The game's changed forever. Team defense, more sophistication. It's going to be harder. So it might be the last time we ever witness it. You're right, though. You could see, sorry, Jay, you could see uh, the relief, I think, on his face after every goal he kicked. And the security, you are right on that point, too. Because when he was on goal 999 towards the end of the third quarter... There was probably only, I could only see about six security guards just in one pocket. And I was thinking, okay, boys, now it's time to yeah. get out. It, <laughs> He's it was, on 999. It was strange what the plan was because it looked like there was none. So I this morning had a look at when Tony Lockett kicked his 1300 to see what the what the security were doing. And there was about 10 of them all lined up standing right on the boundary line in like the crouch position. As soon as he kicked it, they ran to plugger and protected yeah. him and a few of the Swans boys. Which should have happened last Should time. have happened. There yeah. was no, none of that. It was very, it was a bit chaotic. In saying all that, no one was hurt. And yeah. well, not that we know of, but how beautiful to be able to celebrate our champions yep. of the game when they're actually playing. I mean, so often we just see the farewell game and they're, you know, chaired off and that's nice. But, you know, Buddy's still going to be around this season. Who knows? Yep. Maybe next mm. year we'll get another sneaky one-year contract. And I threw up on Wednesday night. He is definitely in the conversation for the greatest of all time. I think there's still a bias in people because he's still playing. We 
people nitpick the things that he can't do and the negatives. But when you retire, you forget about the things that other players in the past couldn't do. But he he has done everything that Wayne Carey and Gary Ablett Sr. and those guys have done in regards to accomplishments, uh, the way they've turned games and seasons and, and the footy itself. So he's absolutely in that conversation for the greatest of all time. I've got to pick one for you, Joey. Uh, I'm going to get the answer to this later. I want to know who you think is the greatest forward of all time. Gary Ablett Sr., Jason Dunstall, Wayne Carey, Buddy Franklin. The end of this show, I want to know who you think is the number one of those absolute champions. But can we put an end to this once and for all? Tell me if this is a concocted fake debate. Is there, Was the Buddy deal, the $10 million nine-year deal, was it worth it? No, it hasn't netted a premiership. But when it, when it's all said and done, was the contract worth it? Is 100%. it a, is it a, a no fake brainer. debate? No brainer. Absolutely, it's been worth it. Yes. 100%. What do you think, Kath? Been worth it for last night alone. Yep. Yeah. It? Yeah. But for what he's what he's done for the for football up there, the, I mean, he's taken them to grand final. I mean, you couldn't do much more except win the premiership, but absolutely it's been worth it. We, we heard from Lance Franklin after uh, last night's game. It took him about 20 minutes uh, to get off the ground, but he was a uh, very happy man after kicking his thousandth goal. It was actually nice to, to get it done. Obviously, been playing my mind a little bit. Obviously, kicking the one last week, it was disappointing. But to, to bounce back tonight and, and finally get it was good. Finally get it. Yes, it was good. And also good. Friday Night Lights at the SCG. Next week, they would have been playing at Marvel Stadium against the Bulldogs, I think. Yeah. So the scene was just set for last night. And for the Swans to play so well, like not be distracted by the whole buddy thing, not to overkick it to him. Like they played really, really good footy. So it all worked out perfectly for everyone involved. Are you worried about the Cats on not- the flip side of this coin? So they come out belt nesting in round one. Last night, Nowhere near it. What, did you, what was nah, your take not on that? Not one bit concerned about the Cats. They didn't play great, which is going to happen throughout the season. But really, when you, you've got to dive a bit deeper than just the, the result, because they actually had 10 more inside 50s. I think it ended up being 15, but I don't I don't include the last five minutes when they came back out. And they had more scoring shots. So What um, happened? Well, they kicked 10 goals, 17, and Sydney kicked 17 goals, 5. Mm. I mean, that accuracy sometimes... Makes a huge difference. So, no, I'm not too worried about the Cats. Sydney, 17 goals from 47 forward, 50 entries last yeah. night. How do they do that? Are they the shortest kicking team in the comp, Sydney? No, they're just accurate. They, they, that's 22 shots. So that's still a relatively high, 22 shots from 47 entries, but it's not excessive. It's just that they kick goals. They didn't kick points. And sometimes that's where, as simple as it is in footy. It's like catches win matches in cricket. You <laughs> kick straight in footy, you, you win games, and you, you win them well. On another lighter note, what about... Uh, Buddy's former coach, Nelson Clarkson, ripping the Swans scarf all yeah, night. Good on him. Special scenes at the SCG. Uh, we're going to chat all footy news with Jay-Z next West, West Coast. Coast. They are decimated, taking on North Melbourne on Sunday, plus news on Dustin Martin. Stick around. This is Triple M's Dead Set Legends with Joey Jay and Kath Lachnan. Triple M's Dead Set Legends. The Dead Set Legends, Triple M. Gents, we have to talk about West Coast. They have been decimated due to health and safety protocols, so they will field just 18 listed players against North Melbourne. Two questions to you. Is this unfair that they have to play in these circumstances? And how much pressure does it put on North to win this game? Well, first of all, yes, it's unfair. But there's almost another but but bad luck. Like the AFL have said, this is why there's 20 top-up players for every club because if this situation happens, unfortunately, they're not rescheduling. So, yes, it is definitely bad luck and and unfair for the West Coast Eagles, but they just have to try and do as best they can. It's a bit of a free hit for them. No one really expects them to win. But to answer your next question, yes, it does heap a lot of pressure on North Melbourne because now they are expected to win, which you couldn't say for too many games this season or last year would they be expected to win. 
and there will be a lot of there'll be a lot of heat, I would think, on the Kangaroos if they can't beat a West Coast Eagles side that they're going to have guys they've plucked out of the waffle. Melbourne did it in round two, I think, in 2016. Remember the Essendon top-ups? The Essendon 34, when they were banned, they had the 12 players like oh, yeah. Matty D and Matthew Stokes and those sorts of guys. Um, Essendon did beat Melbourne um, in that in that game. So it has been done before. It can potentially be done again. But it just sort of makes me think of, um, you know, when you play social basketball, mm-hmm. so your Wednesday night C-grade, and like your mate's still at work, another mate is in the team, the point guard's still at the pub, and you've only got four players in you. You're sort of hunting around the stadium yep. 10 minutes before the bounce. Hey, mate, do you want to play again? Yep. You want to come on? <laughs> that was Adam Simpson in Perth yesterday, <laughs> scouring the waffle, looking for some replacements. So these are the guys who are out. Br- T- Brass, Redden, Langdon, Kennedy, Winder were out on Thursday. Then yesterday, Nat Nui, Rotham, Jermaine Jones, Brady Ho, Hoff, Hoff sorry, Edwards, Hugh Dixon, Andrew Gaff also out with a foot. Shuey, Kelly, Ryan, da- uh, Duggan and Darling all come back. Of course, Jack Darling after his vaccine hesitancy. But who in the hell are these guys? Stefan Gyro, Angus Dewar, who played for Hawthorne, formerly Angus Liverland, Braden Ainsworth and Aaron Black. That's not the Geelong and North Melbourne, mm. Aaron Black. That's a different one. So some of these top-ups haven't even met their teammates. They'll train for the first time at the captain's run today, then fly in. What on earth is that like, Joey, when you run out to an AFL game? Well, what would that be like for those players? Oh, they are literally be, meeting them yeah. for the first time. For them, it would be daunting. But they've all played AFL, except for, I think, maybe the, the, the other Aaron Black. Black. Like, Stefan Gyro's played some games for Fremantle. Yeah. So they, they've got some AFL experience. It will be it will be weird. They'll just be told to, to play their role. Look, I think it can work. Like, you don't have to be mates with a guy to play out in the footy field with him. If he's open, you kick the ball to him. If he's there, you handball it. And if he's there, he goes and chases and tackles. Like, it's still a game of football. So... I still do think West Coast will, will be pretty competitive, but it's just going to be a fascinating watch. And and nervousness for the next 24 hours. So they've got to mm. test all again today. Yeah, that's the concern. What if more come down? And then test again tomorrow. So the AFL is saying the game is absolutely going ahead. They will fly in more replacements as required over the next 24 hours. So they absolutely will field a team. The AFL has scotched any prospect of this game um, being postponed or cancelled. They do play the Derby. Derby. Round three next week. So they do have to get back into WA uh, next week. So that is on um, the club's minds also just to make sure that they can get back into the state. And more uh, players don't go down with COVID, but it's a big watch over the next 36 hours. We say pressure on North Melbourne to win this game, but at the same time, fair bit of unknown and uncertainty for them as to what they're coming up against and, and some of these players that well, it's going to be hard very familiar with. It's going to be hard for them to plan, isn't it? Their, <laughs> their opposition meet. What they will do is they'll plan for the West Coast Eagles' best. They'll plan for their best players to play well. So you've still got Shuey and Kelly and Ryan and Dar- Darling's playing as well. Yep. So there's still a little bit there that they have to worry about. They're going to have their hands full with those players, but you would like to think the Kangaroos can get their win. Big statement from North on Jaden Stevenson, who had a poor yes. game last weekend, dropped. And Callum Coleman-Jones, they recruited from Richmond. He's out, so they go back to the conventional twin tower set up with Goldstein and Tristan Cherry. Copped a lot for going with the three tools last week, didn't they? Yeah. Rusty's Motorsport Update. Bendix Brakes. Put your foot down with confidence. Thanks to Bendix Brakes. Greg Rust is with us from the Rusty's Garage podcast, which you can get for free on the listener app. Rusty, supercars are in Tassie this weekend. Bathurst winner Chaz Mostert leads the championship beyond the three big teams. Which drivers could be contenders? Kath, good morning. Uh, look, this is a good one because I actually reckon it's it's more than just the top three that you point out, the the Shell team and uh, Red Bull, for example, and Chaz Moss are doing a super job for Walkinshaw performance after winning Bathurst last year. Probably the two that immediately spring to mind are Will Brown and Brody Kostecki, who drive for the Erebus team. So the, the Tassie layout is a, 
uh, at Simmons Plains, and it's a bit of a bit of a little ball ring there. Great place for fans to go and enjoy the racing, and uh, those two could definitely uh, definitely stage a surprise. And we'll have the practice times from today, and and some of the racing news in Triple M News, of course. Rusty, back to back races for Formula One, of course. Ferrari didn't they dominate the first race? Very exciting and drama for Red Bull, but they're in Saudi Arabia this weekend. Did I read it right this morning? There was a massive scare which delayed practice too. A missile strike in the area. Is it safe, mate, for this event to go ahead? Had a lot of us very, very nervous, and understandably, they got all of the the drivers, the officials, um, the key administrators from Formula One together, uh, which, as you rightly point out, delayed the start of practice two by about fifteen minutes. Now, as we chat, they say that it's safe to press on. They want to continue um, the event, so you know. I would imagine, knowing what Formula One is like in these sorts of moments, they'll have very, very good security um, on hand and very good um, intel about what to do if things uh, do change. But right now, they're going to press ahead. Ferraris were fast in practice. Uh, Charles Leclerc, who did such a good job at the opening round by a tenth over Max Verstappen. Now, Lando Norris, who drives for McLaren, Daniel Ricciardo's teammate, ended up in the top ten, but Dan was down in 15th. But we are just trying to understand at the moment whether... Both cars may have been trying different things because, as you know, they are on the back foot after a tough start to the championship. McLaren battling. But if you haven't caught up with the news, Joey, a missile hit an oil refinery near the track. That's how scary that is. It is absolutely extraordinary. World is a dangerous place at the moment. Thanks, Rusty. We'll catch you next week. Have a great weekend. Cheers, guys. Rusty's Motorsport Update. Bendix Brakes. Put your foot down with confidence. Saturday scoreboard time. Australia has won its first test series in Asia yes. since 2011 with a 115-run victory yeah. over Pakistan. We'll chat to Roy Simons all about that shortly, but Usman Kawaja, boy, oh, boy. Uh, NRL, the Melbourne Storm, they've got a big blockbuster clash against Parramatta, one of the other fancies tonight. We are missing our two hookers, Harry Grant and Brandon Smith, are both out, but I don't think it should bother the Storm. They just continue to win. They're already two and zip to start the season. Jay-Z, mm-hmm. AFLW, Collingwood, Brisbane, that uh, qualifying final will now take place tomorrow at Finally. the Gabba. Finally. Who wins? Uh, Brisbane should, mm-hmm. yeah, comfortably. Yeah, the COVID yeah, the stuff's lines. really – the piles are up against it anyway. COVID's hit them. Brisbane should win that one. Hey, what about the Soccer World Cup qualifier? So, obviously, the Socceroos, their hopes of an automatic qualification have taken a hit while they're officially over mm. after our 2-0 loss to Japan. So, it means we're going to have to go the knockout – route to try and qualify it for the World Cup. But at least we're still a chance because my boys, the Azuri, the Italians, they're out again. <laughs> they haven't qualified for their second consecutive World Cup. That's Can unbelievable. You believe it? They lost to North Macedonia. So yeah. that's big. I remember it was a big front page of the paper over there. It was like their darkest day or something in Italy. And, uh, they're not going to the World Cup once again. And Hang so, on. You just said my boys. Yeah, what about that? Hey, my yeah. boys. I, I sort of pick and choose a bit. <laughs> We've had this <laughs> chat before. Doing well. I, I can sometimes, you know, sometimes I pick and choose. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, the Azuri, they're out. Uh, and a bit of NFL news. Quarterback Matt Ryan, who's been a star with the Atlanta Falcons, he's been traded to the Indianapolis Colts. Sneaky whisper. I've heard that the Australian cricket team are still celebrating. I think one of the members may have called a friend of mine within the past hour, and I still think they're having a good time of it after their series win. Sorry, they should be there first. First two are Pakistan in 24 years, and they've won it. Good on them. Bowls in, stumps, out of the ground. What a fitting end, and what a man to do it. He is an outstanding captain. He is an outrageously good bowler, is Pat Cummins. What a team he has. It's been 24 years, 15 days, and Australia have won in Pakistan. 
What a thrilling third test between Australia and Pakistan. All results were possible heading into day five after a pretty bold declaration by the skipper Pat Cummins. In the end, Australia took 10 wickets on the final day to win the historic series 1-0. The great Andrew Simons has been covering the series and joins us on the line. Roy Boy, welcome to Dead Set Legends. I know you've got a busy fishing schedule, so we appreciate (laughs) your time. Uh, What a finish to the series, Roy, after a bit of a lacklustre start. Yeah, it was... I've sort of got the feeling that Pakistan... Uh, good morning to you both too, by the way. Good morning, Ryan. Um <laughs> I've got the feeling that Pakistan were, were going to try and wear Australia down, make the, the Australian quicks bowl lots of overs. Um, and it, I, I don't think in the end it worked. Um, Australia played patiently um, and they were prepared to, to, to do some hard work. And then they, they end up getting them in the, in the last test match. Um, but I also think that the wickets the first two tests were played on were way too flat. And I don't know if the grounds were sort of did that completely deliberately or they thought they were going to break up and really deteriorate worse than what they did. So, yeah, I mean, there's plenty to talk talk about when you're sitting around, but uh, a terrific effort from, from the boys to, after 24 years, uh, you know, to win over there. It's a great effort. Spot on about the uh, pitches, Roy. They were bloody boring, let's be honest. Any danger you can put some water on that track to get some spice uh, in the deck. But what about Usman Khawaja? So he starts the summer, what was it, the Ashes? He's not even in the team. Australia go for Marcus uh, Harris. But Usman Khawaja in this series, 496 runs at an average, if you don't mind, of 165, two tons, 250s. Are you seeing a man at the absolute peak of his powers? How much respect you got for Uzi at the moment, Roy? Yeah, mate, I think – excuse me. I think Usman's actually in the, the, a really good place in his life. You know, he, he, that was an unexpected recall to the side due to illness. And he's just came in and just grabbed it, didn't he? And, and since then, he's looked like he's been in the team for five years. Mm. Um, he's looked really comfortable. He's, his life at home's terrific. He's just had a baby girl and he's got another child on the way. He's playing the best cricket of his life. Um He's playing good cricket for Queensland. He won the Sheffield Shield two seasons ago as captain of Queensland. Um, so everything, everything Usman's probably asked from from the cricket gods is probably being handed to him now. But through his, through his own sheer um, hard work and and, uh, and ability, um, he's really you can see he's really enjoying his cricket too. Mm. The great Andrew Simons joining us on the line. Hey Roy, is there something about uh, when you're edging near the end of your career rather than the start as Usman is, where you can almost just sense that he's playing with this freedom? Yeah, Kath, yeah, you're probably right. He, he, the, 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 the weight of care, I think, probably shifts as you get older. You know, you sort of think when you're young and you're so keen to make, it, make the side and stay in the side, you can sometimes over-rev. Um, but he seems to be really sort of confident in his own skin. Mm. Um, he's not, that doesn't seem to be a weight on his shoulders at all. Roy, there's a little bit of uh, noise at the moment. We're still with the, the Australian coaching position about Ricky Ponting getting involved. You got any strong thoughts on the coaching position? How do you think Ricky would go if he was to coach the national team? Well, I think he'd be outstanding. But the, the, what the thing that us ex players talk about is what what is that job? Mm. Can you tell us yeah. what does the coach do well, in the cricket team? That's the thing. It, it's a, if 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 the coach if they want Ricky Ponting to do it, they're going to have to have a, a huge restructure of how the team's coached, I believe. Because he's going to need help, um, but he's going to want to do it his way. Um, and then the coach, what does he do? Does he actually get in there and sweat and bleed and throw balls and do all that sort of stuff? Or does he sort of oversee, you know, a number of other coaches of his choice go about it the way that he would like it done? Um, 
and you're away for huge amounts of time from your family. And he's got three young children mm. um, that are all growing up. Um, so I, I, I'd love to see him do it. I, I think he'd be perfect for the job, but I just don't know if it's a job for him. It's for, a, those, for those reasons. It's a good point. See if seven fingers, seven figures under his nose, uh, Joe and Kath might just change yeah, Ricky Ponning's <laughs> mind. That'd be a nice little offer. Nathan Lyon, you take your hat off to him. Five for 83. Spun Australia to victory on the last days. And the bold declaration from Paddy Cummings, I thought he's good. bowling on flat decks. Mm. My goodness, he is a, a popular man in Australia, Pat Cummings. He's just been so impressive in the captaincy. But more importantly here, Roy, where are you fishing and what are you catching? <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm actually at Mission Beach, which is near Tully and North. Far North Queensland. And, and what uh, you... Yeah, just sitting on the veranda watching the waves roll in. We're just uh, about to clean the boat and fill up the fish this morning. <laughs> what, are you, what are you aiming for? What are you trying to catch? We've got, oh, we've got coral trout and uh, largemouth nanagai there to clean up this morning. Oh, beautiful. So, you, so uh, you'd like us to wrap this up so you can go fishing, right? I've got... No, I've got time. I've got time. I'm an, I'm an island time here. I've got more, one more question. So how do you cook the perfect fish, Roy? What do you do? do you, you're steaming, you're on the barbie, um, the grill well, plate. What, you're putting a bit of lemon on there. Tell us how you cook the perfect fish. I think with with particularly fish of that quality, this reef fish up here, you, you don't want to overdo it. You just want to cook it. You can either pan fry it, mm-hmm. you can barbecue it, you can put a little bit of this and that on it. But all it needs is just a bit of butter and salt and pepper, or you, you can lightly crumb it. That's a, that's a nice way to do it. Okay. Mm. A bit of beer but, batter. Um, you can do that, yes. Okay. But you, you, don't, you don't need to roar into a million herbs and spices because <laughs> you want to taste the fish. This is cooking with Andrew Summers. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Roy, always a pleasure yeah. to chat, and we'll see you on Wednesday to uh, farewell. You're great, mate, the great. Shane Warne at the MCG. So looking forward to seeing you there. And thanks for your time this morning. No worries. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, guys. Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Jay-Z, talk to us about Dustin Martin. No one likes to see uh, anyone have to take a bit of personal leave. What's the story? Where's he at at the moment? Yeah, hearts are breaking um, for the superstar midfielder from Richmond who's taking an indefinite uh, period of leave. And look, there's nothing... There's no gremlins here. He's um, mourning still the death of his father, um, Shane. And look, it's it's been a really tough period for Dusty, but the whole past few years, he wasn't able to see him in New Zealand. He's He's been open about this. He plays football. He played football for his dad and loves him like a best mate. So it was an incredibly strong um, connection there. He absolutely adored his dad during the, the footy season. Even before the pandemic, he wasn't able to go over and see him, obviously, as much as he would have liked. And that was a bit of a challenge. And um, his very sad passing over summer has absolutely rocked him. And, and now there are questions about his motivation at the moment and um, even speculation about whether he, he wants to continue his football career. Now, that's been put to Richmond, and they said that it hasn't got to that point you know, they're very optimistic that um, he will rejoin the fray and rejoin his teammates and play more great football for Richmond again. But right now, and it's so good that the game recognises this and has got so much better about this, 10 or 20 years ago, you just don't know whether there is the support for the players and their personal sort of issues that they get now. But he, he's going to take some time away just to... Um, you know, gather himself and, and, and mourn the loss of his father and, and, and do that without the rigour and demand of the training and the playing, Joey. So, and I know you've got a, you've got a relationship with Dusty and, um, you know, you'd be, it's it's sad that he's really struggling with this at the moment. Yeah, it is. And, of course, there's no timeline. I mean, there's no judgment on how long it takes for someone to, you know, to, to get past grief and, and all the things that he's, he's feeling. So the club will support him. I mean, that, that's the great thing about football clubs is they'll do what's best for him. So they'll give him some time. 
but they'll certainly be there with their arms wide open and they'll they'll sort of wrap some support mechanisms around him. But we just hope that he gets to himself in a, in a place where he's happy again and wants to be playing football. But at the moment, it doesn't seem like that's the number one priority, and rightly so. He's got he's got other things, and we wish him all the best and just hopes he hope he can him and his family can find themselves in a place where you know they get back to some sort of level of, of happiness. Yeah, they're a pretty tight knit club at Richmond, yeah. aren't they? So yeah. no doubt they're wrapping their arms around him. A challenge more broadly for Richmond with the losses. I know moving on from that, so they're missing Prestia with that with the hamstring. Jack Rewalt fra- fractured thumb. Now, no Dustin Martin. No Lambert for a while too. No mm, Lambert, yeah. obviously, with the with the hip. Yep. Winnable game for GWS. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. This is going to be the issue for Richmond. I still thought, as we've spoken about, they were a top four, top six team. If they were all fit and healthy, that was the sort of caveat that we we knew they had history of injuries. We've seen Prestia, unfortunately. I'm putting the heat on some of the young guys now to really step Who? up and own the club. So like Jack Graham, Shea Bolton, Liam Baker, the guys that have had a pretty good run. They've had those superstars around them. Um, you know, that, that have helped them win some flags. Now it's time for maybe them to sort of really take ownership and move past Edwards and Martin and, and Prestia and Koch and, and really drive the club. Lynch. Lynch as well, Noah Bolter as well. So it's up to them now. So I want to see a response from those young blokes. And um, I'm still not ruling the Tigers out of this season just yet, but big game against the Giants because, as you said, the Giants will feel confident they can win this, particularly through the dominance in that midfield area where they've got the upper hand. Gents, one team you probably didn't expect to be 0-2 is the Western Bulldogs. How concerned are you about the dogs, Joey? It's been a pretty chaotic start on and off the field. Yeah, I'm not too – I mean, I sort of – when Jay and I have spoken this, I sort of thought – Well, you called this. Yeah. To your absolute credit – you had a, you put a big question mark over the Bulldogs at the start. Their ability of the to win the flag. I had them sort of the bottom part of the eight. I thought that you know I didn't think they were a top four team. I, I sort of had them in the bottom part of the eight. So I'm not concerned that I don't think they can play finals. Like I still think they can. I suppose it's the concern just about I don't know the whole body language around the club. They just something seems not quite right. Isn't it? Even the stumps, some stuff we heard of the preseason. They weren't letting anyone into training and. The situation with Lockie Hunter maybe not getting a game and Liberatore starting half forward and just all feels just not quite right at the moment. But I saw some good signs in the second half against Carlton. Um, it's been a scratchy start for the Dogs. Look, I still think they're a good enough team to play finals, but I do have four or five teams ahead of them that I think can win the flag. We know about the vulnerability at either end. It's it's Norton or Bust. He plays a contested game style. When's this? I mean, he's a sensational player. Always at such risk of injury with that contested yeah, he is. Yeah, style launches, he plays. Way he launches into those packs. Mm. And down back we know. I mean, Melbourne took a whole heap of marks uh, forward 50 again. So it's really... Uh, and Mackay yeah. and Kerno just dominated them. Yeah, Nine goals. So Alex Keith carries a huge load down there. Ryan Gardner, you know, he's been trying. Tim O'Brien is yet to come back in. So we know at either end they're vulnerable. But how in the hell did Carlton absolutely belt them out of the midfield? Well, because that's the Bulldogs yeah. one wood. That is what the, happened yeah, there? That is the Bulldogs one wood. For them to win lots of games of footy, their midfield have to dominate, like dominate contests and clearance. And when they don't, I, I, that's sort of my thoughts, is they're a bit more of just an average team, like a good a good average team. So the first two weeks, they've been smashed in contested possession. I don't necessarily, and I have to have a look at the numbers probably uh, on Monday, I don't necessarily think it's through the midfield. I think maybe they're losing contests at either end. Mm. So they've got no forwards that are winning contests besides Norton. Yep. And behind the ball, they're not really having many defenders that are winning contests. So that's where it's falling apart. Uh, big game against Sydney Swans Thursday. What, tell you game. What, game on. Call me crazy. Are there scars from the grand final? So you get belted in the second half of the grand final. Is there any sort of... Well, lingering. I, I think subconsciously there may be. And I did a stat on, on Fox footy last week. There's been seven teams that have, since 2000, have been beaten by 50 points or more in a grand final. So it's basically embarrassed in a grand final. We were one of them, St Kilda, in 2010. Not one of those teams have come back and won a final the following year. Four of the teams actually missed finals. 
We made the final St Kilda in 2011, but it was, we were playing catch-up all year. We lost an elimination final. We weren't ever really in the hunt that season. And Sydney were the other team that actually finished fourth but got knocked out in straight sets. So no one has even won a final after losing a, a grand final the year before by 50 points or more. So I think something must seep into the club. There must be something subconsciously that seeps in when, when you're putting a performance like that. Was that the year that you checked out? Joey, you checked well, out. That was, you checked that, out. That was. We had a meeting about around midway through 2011, and Ross Bakesy gave it to us all. You've checked out. You're too hard for you. You've checked out. And we sort of did galvanise, and we played better at the back end of the year. But as I said, we are playing catch-up and, and never really in it. But it does get difficult. You admit you had checked out a bit? Um... Probably. Well, when, when he says when Ross says checked out, he exaggerates a bit. We probably just weren't as dog hungry as we were the previous two yeah. years when we played in grand finals. Hey, we have F one tickets to give away in the next hour. Yes, we do. We have some F one tickets up for grabs. Oh. This is selling out quickly. The Formula One weekend at Albert Park. We're going to be broadcasting live from Albert Park, won't we? On Saturday. Is that Saturday week? What date? Uh, April ninth. Uh, April nine. Yeah, yeah. April nine. Couldn't be more excited. Dancing shoes on that day. You've cleared the schedule for that Saturday, haven't you? Calendar. Joey and I will be going off to work, and mm. you'll just be sitting back and enjoying yourself. So that's coming up in the next hour. Formula One tickets to give away. Plus, Tom DeConing is going to join us following Carlton's epic win over the Western Bulldogs on Thursday evening. This is Triple M's Dead Set Legends with Joey J and Kath Lockman. The Dead Set Legends. Triple M. Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Gents, I'm already looking forward to two weeks' time. We are going to be broadcasting live from the Pit Lane Sky Deck of the Australian Grand Prix, and we have tickets to give away. Only place you can get them. Only place you can get them because Saturday and Sunday are sold out. Call now. We have tickets to Sunday race day. Yes, call now. One triple three five three, and they can be yours. That is gold. Tickets to Sunday race day. Very good. Couldn't, good price. Couldn't be more exciting. Exciting start to the F1 season with Ferrari right at the top, Joey. Red Bull with some dramas. Mercedes good as always, of course. So it's, uh, it is uh, plenty happening in F1. I cannot wait. I'm going to have an amazing weekend that weekend. Joey, try and ask you a <laughs> difficult question uh, every week. Pick one. And this is where you've got to get right off the fence, mate. You've got to give us a strong opinion. Now, I did ask you in the wake of Buddy kicking his thousandth goal last night. Who is the greatest key forward that you've seen? Of all time. So, Dunstall, <laughs> Carey, he'll be listening. He's a big fan of the show, Doug. You know, he'll be all over you, what you say here. Gary Ablett Sr. and the great buddy last night. Pick one. You know, I it. always do pick one. And I threw this up during the week about Buddy Franklin absolutely is in the conversation. I don't know anyone that says Carey by the length of the straight, I think has got to give me an argument why. Because eight all Australians, Buddy Franklin, seven the Ducks. So, the longevity and the, and the high quality – the turning a game on its head, the, the seasons. I don't think anyone will kick a 1,000 goals. And kicking goals in this era where it's been harder to score will never be done again. Duck had the contested mark. He was a better He'd mark. Absol- absolutely he was a better mark. But Buddy Franklin's kicked some goals that uh, I don't think Duck could have kicked. I don't think saw Duck run down the wing and take three <laughs> bounces and kick one on the boundary line as great as he was. It's a hard one for me to split. I think they are equal par. I think Franklin, so he's I, got think one we, I think he gets judged harder because he's still playing. I think in 10 years' time when Franklin is going into the – uh, legend status or Hall of Fame straight away, however it works, we'll be saying that he's the equal of, of Wayne and Carey. And that's the key point. He's not done yet. He's so the done. resume is not complete. That's so right. hold the phone Should on he play this on? argument. Should he play on? Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's got another year in him. Yeah. Yep. He's still he's still one of the most important key forwards in the competition. Yep. We saw last night, four yep. goals. Um, he's still got a huge role to play in, the flag, in Swan's chase for a flag, and I think he'll still play one more year next year. And then he might start declining, but he's still going to be an important player for the Do you think Swans. he's one of those exceptions to the rules? 
Lance Franklin, you give him another year just because of everything that yes, comes with no, the package. And right now, what we're seeing, there's no reason why he was not playing next year. Mm. So, yeah, he's still going to keep playing. Can they win the flag, the Swans? They Are can. They... they can, yeah. Will they? tougher. I don't know if they will, <laughs> but certainly they're playing good enough at the moment. And, and they've got a young, young list. I, I sort of had this as a year, I reckon, of, of a consolidation year. I think they're 12 months away. I think that sort of next year their window's right open. I'm not sure... As great as their midfield is, are they big enough to match, you know, Melbourne, um, mm. Brisbane sort of thing through the midfield? But I'll tell you what, they'll they'll certainly be playing finals and they'll give themselves a chance. Well, Mick Malthouse made the bold prediction pre-season that Essendon were going to win the flag in 2022. Did mm. he say they were going to or they can no, win the flag? I think he tipped Essendon to win the flag, I think. Is that big right? statement. It's in your paper, Jay. Yep. Yeah, he said they'd win the flag. Yep. I think that surprised Essendon. Gents, four games of footy on today. The pick of the bunch, probably Essendon taking on the Brisbane Lions at Marble Stadium, 4.35, the first bounce. What are our thoughts, Joey, on Essendon? Huge inclusion today being Jake Stringer, but they were probably the most disappointing team of last week. Mm. Yeah, they were. Uh, you can That was a mulligan. You can wipe that. They just were non-competitive through that midfield and the contested ball. Oh, I'm still... Relatively bullish on Essendon. I've got them in my finals. I still think they will play finals, um, even though they'll probably go down zipping two this afternoon. It's going to be a tough ask to beat Brisbane. But I think they've got a they've got a great age demographic, Jay-Z, and they've got a lot of talent, like a lot of first-round picks that are all in the right age bracket. Mm-hmm. I thought the way Ben Rutten coached last year was excellent. You know, he's developing a system and a, and a contest and a method that's clear, and they find a way to score without having sort of the big names in the forward line. They were still the fourth-highest scoring team last season. So... I've still got a bit of faith in Essendon that they will be a finals team, but certainly they have to do it a bit differently because of their size in the midfield. They're not as big, but I think String is a huge inclusion for them. They've got an aggressive Ruckman who you'll touch on in a minute um, and a back line that's a work in progress. So I'm still going to hold fire on the Bombers. I still think they'll play finals. The, yes. the story here, Kath, I mean, the forward line is makeshift. We know they've tried to cobble together a forward line. And if Kyle Hooker was still on the list, I wonder whether he wouldn't have played these first two games. So um, they've been relying on, on Baldwin. Francis comes in for him uh, this week. Dylan she- Dylan Sheel is a, is a big out, uh, obviously, around that midfield. And Nick Martin is out with the uh, COVID, of course, as a, as a close contact. But the, the big story for me, Joey, out of that game and where the response has got to come was their senior leaders in the midfield. Mm. Like, mm. we have high expectations. Merritt's a leader. Dyson Heppel is a leader. Andrew McGrath didn't have any impact on the contest. And speaking, I was down at Essendon this week, and I said, well, what went wrong? And the thought was that they got in that stoppage, as Paddy Dangerfield, etc., had a field day, they got too sucked into the contest, Joey. And you tell us about this spacing. They needed to hold back more, as a sweeper in particular, and provide that coverage. So they got sucked in too much. The tap came down. Paddy and Parfit were on the burst and simply... Um, blew past them. So I think we'll see Essendon today against Brisbane, locking near one of the best stoppage teams in the competition. It's a huge test. Joey Danaher, their old mate, you'll see him hold back a little bit more to try and catch them off the fly when they do burst through. Because it, it would be, a, I mean, how hard is it in that shoebox to get that sort of spacing and timing right? Yeah, they certainly got it wrong in the centre bounce. There's no, no doubt about that. But it's an easy fix. That's something they can improve on this week. And as I said, I expect them 
to be much better in that area today. I'm not sure, though, whether they're going to be good enough to beat the Brisbane Lions, who you know I've got as a the biggest threat to Melbourne this year. So yep. it'll be a, a big ask. But you're also down there. What was the word on Sam Draper and yep. his action? Uh, so the gut the, punch. Yeah. Um, he whacked his uh, opposition ruckman, um, and it was a bit of a crude hit, really, because he wasn't going for the ball, clearly. It was just a whack uh, to the stomach. I thought he was lucky to get away um, with a fine. And uh, we asked Ben Rutten about this this week, and he said he did have the chat. Um, with his ruckman, he said, mate, you're just putting yourself at risk of um, being suspended. He said, we want your aggression at the ball. Channel your aggression at the ball rather than the opposition man. But maybe, Joey and Kath, that's just a bit of frustration. I mean, they come out the big game in round one. They're absolutely annihilated. The game's over at halftime. Yeah. Maybe he's sort of frustrated in that moment. And he does play on the edge. He Sam. does. He we, does. We, which we like, but yeah. you've just got to control say, it. I have to say, I love Sam Troper. Yeah. He's <laughs> he so entertaining to watch. And yeah. I'm really interested to see what Brisbane produced today because that was a pretty ugly game for the majority of it last Saturday night against Port Adelaide at the Gabba. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't pretty, but it was two really strong teams, particularly defensively. So that's probably... Probably why you might not have got a, a free-flowing game compared to some of the other ones. Oh, I think that Port and Brisbane are a two top four teams. So it's still a good win to beat another team. You'd like to see a bit better showing from Brisbane. But oh, I thought they were, they, were, they were pretty impressive. I'm pretty bullish on them. Um, in saying that, as I said, it wouldn't surprise me to see Essendon off the back of the response, Jay-Z, like, you know, whip, whip around and, and under the roof at Marvel this afternoon, get that sort of slick game going and um, put the Brisbane Lions under a bit of pressure. But I think Brisbane Lions' defence is rock solid at the moment. They're, they're really well organised. We know about their midfield. And they've got so many avenues to goal compared to Essendon. They've got tools that can kick goals. Yep. They've got lively and dangerous small forwards. So I think Brisbane, they tick all the boxes for me. It's the Lions for me. And Essendon have now got Melbourne next up. Yeah. So there is a real chance they could be 0-3, Tough the Bombers, start. which pop. Pops uh, Mickey Malthouse's balloon a little bit. <laughs> well, that does make it. It makes it hard to make finals if they're zipping three. And always enjoy the Danaher factor coming up against his yeah. former team. Will there so be that's any another niggles? little story. Are you expecting any argy bargy? Oh, I'd, lo- I'd love a bit of argy bargy. It always makes it entertaining. Yeah, not with it? Joey though. Do you? But, I don't, he's yeah, the type he's of a... guy that you know, I don't think he gets caught up in that. And I think they all love him still, don't they? The players. He's always got a smile on his yeah, face. He's always pretty. He'll cool laugh. And calm. If anyone tried to niggle him, he'd just laugh at them. Well, Adam Trelaw when he came up against, it's Colin with was a loving. With yeah, hugs yeah. and all sorts of high fives. Times have changed. Yeah. Everyone loves a little kiss and cuddle these days. <laughs> yeah. We didn't quite treat BJ the same way. <laughs> Did he cry? Did you make him cry? No, you that made wasn't me. Cry. That was a couple of the other boys. Nah, we were more ruthless back then. But so no. in saying all that, who are we tipping? Uh, Brisbane. Yeah, me. Brisbane, but Brisbane. Not, not, not comfortable. I think it'll be a good game. Be close, but I think Brisbane should be too good. Tell you what, I did not start well this round because I tipped the Bulldogs to beat Carlton, but the Blues proved me wrong. I and, tipped Geelong. And we oh. are going to chat to Tom DeConing next. Kennedy picked it up, goal coming up, I reckon for Carlton, there it is. Around the corner, Mackay for his fourth, got it, got it, got it, got it. Mackay's kicked four first half goals here. Here comes a goal for Charlie Curnow, left foot snap, Carlton on fire. Fans get ready to erupt. You're going to enjoy this song like you never have before. It's been years since your team got a flying start like they have in 2022. Oh, Carlton 2 and 0 for the first time in a decade following Thursday night's 12 point win over the Western Bulldogs. It was a performance, boys, which left many believing the Blues are the real deal in 2022. One of their big men, and by big, I mean 203 centimetres tall. <laughs> Tom DeConing joins us on Dead Set Legends. Tom, congratulations on your start to the season. How's the belief within the group at the moment? Because you can think you're on the right track during preseason, but when you've won back to back games, surely belief grows. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Um, 
Yeah, look, it's at the end of the day, it's two wins. So um, we're still trying to focus on the now. And um, yeah, the challenge is right there in front of us. So yeah, our main focus at the moment is just earning respect to the football club and bringing that back and then building a connection as, as a group. So um, if we bring that each week, uh, the end result will take care of itself. And um, yeah, we can sort of hopefully grow each week as a team. And um, yeah, and hopefully... Uh, Tommy, blow that lid right off, my friend. <laughs> Get rid of it. I just walked past the tram stop in a South Melbourne here with a 12-foot poster of Paddy Cripps with da-da-da-da-da written on it. I tell you what, Melbourne is absolutely loving this Carlton rejuvenation. Tell us about what. Ha, tell us about the change at the football club. Obviously, last year was a really difficult uh, year. Vossi comes in with a clean slate and a new game plan. How, from your perspective, what is the biggest difference in how Carlton are feeling and how they are playing? Yeah, look, there's, there's obviously a lot of change and um, I think it's it's a bit refreshing for all of us as well. Um, I think sort of our young players are growing growing together really well and starting to get a few games together and, and building that connection, as I said, and um, bringing in players like George Hewitt, Adam Chera, who are, who are all playing their role. And, um, yeah, it really helps just, just yeah, build that connection and um, hopefully, yeah, we can bring that into the, the rest of the season and, get a few more wins and keep going. We're chatting to young Carlton star, Tom DeConing. Hey, Tom, tell us a little bit. You mentioned George Hewitt. There's a lot of talk about his inclusion and in Chera as well, but I want to ask about Hewitt and Matt Kennedy in particular. Give us a little bit of insight into their, their personality. What are they like? Are they as unassuming as they seem tough. with the way they play? I know they're tough. <laughs> I mean, more about their personality and what they're like around the group. Yeah, yeah. Well, you've seen what they're like on the field. Obviously, tough players, but um, yeah, they're, Matt Kennedy is a character around the club. Um yeah, always, always having a laugh and a joke. But um, both of them are, are really hard workers, which is what we love. And um, they really work on their craft. And I think they've built a really strong connection together along with all the other mids. So, um, yeah, that's really helping us sort of get the ball forward. And um, obviously with Charlie and Harry playing really well down there, it's, um, it's making us look, look pretty good. So i tell you what, yeah. if there was a football separating myself and George Hewitt, Joey, I could not jump out of the way quick enough. He could come <laughs> straight through. George Hewitt's manager, Robbie DeRazio, said he was the most underrated player in the competition throughout his time at Sydney. And I'll tell you what, it looks like an absolute um, accurate assessment. Tommy, now we know your brother, uh, Sam, of course, plays for Geelong. Very exciting. Tall. We talk a lot, Joey and Kath, about Max King and Oscar Allen. They're the DeConing brothers. Did I pronounce that right? Is it DeConing or DeConing? Yeah, DeConing, that's right, yeah. De- and are you guys two of ten? Do you seriously have eight eight siblings? <laughs> no. And that is some basketball team. <laughs> is that right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, one of ten. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Growing up was a bit – we weren't really allowed inside too much. We were sort of forced <laughs> to sort of stay outside. And that's sort of how me and Sam sort of first picked up a footy and got practicing. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's We've got a big family, but we're all super close. And, um, yeah, I, wouldn't ask, I couldn't ask for anything else, really. We're – I love it, yeah. If you don't mind me asking, how many sets of bunk beds did you have in the house? Or was it like one of those Willy Wonka? They bunk beds, these two boys. (laughs) That's a good point. You know Willy Wonka in the chocolate factory and the four grandparents slept in the same double bed? Did you have a situation like that, Tommy? Yeah, it was was interesting, actually. We got a permanent caravan down in Torquay, and um, I honestly don't know how we did it. We had, I think we had a, a triple and a quadruple bunk bed in here and um yeah it was pretty crazy but yeah we, we spent most of our time down at the beach or down at the oval so um we're mostly outside but um yeah i'm not sure how mum and dad did it but um yeah yeah it's good it's it's good being part of a big family i love it
So wait, what happens when all your siblings want tickets to the footy? Mm, How do you go about that? <laughs> yeah, it's actually pretty hard to be honest. Like I, <laughs> I, I haven't played too many games, and obviously the last couple of years we haven't been able to have family at the games. But yeah, I found it pretty hard this season actually, especially round one. It's sort of hard to get any any more than four tickets. So um, yeah, got to sort of pick my my favourite siblings and go from there. <laughs> Hey, Tom, we were chatting earlier about Buddy Franklin. Did you watch last night? What were your thoughts as a a fellow AFL player watching Buddy Franklin kick his thousandth goal? Yeah, I did watch it. Um, Yeah, oh, it's crazy. I I had goosebumps watching it. And, um, yeah, who knows if we'll ever see anything like that in the game again. And I think it's just really good for the sport. And, um, yeah, it was just great to watch. Great to see. He's a a legend of the game. And, um, yeah, really deserving. So it's awesome. I've got the feeling the De Konings were a real one-week Bix box a day sort of family. I reckon. You know, like they were the pantry. hungry boys, yeah. really <laughs> nailing it. Like the Milo would go quick. Hey, yeah, the hanger in round one before we let you go, uh, Tommy. A massive build-up to the game against Richmond. And you come out and just absolutely pluck one from the sky early in that game. How are you feeling at that moment? Oh, yeah. It's always good to start off with. Um, a screamer a big moment and um, <laughs> yeah I think uh, that, that's something I try and bring into my game is just flying for marks and if I if I can bring it to the front that's my main goal but um, yeah if I can take a few marks like that it's it's always good but still a lot of growth in my game got to focus on my kicking and and work on that so got to finish off the plays so yeah, still room to, room to grow, but, yeah, it's always exciting. Now we know what his brothers and sisters were doing in the backyard. Just, just can you stand in front there and kick the ball up and you can practice, you practice your speckies, you and your brother. Both love launching for the ball. Hey, mate, been great having you on the show. Uh, good luck for the year because um, mm. we're very excited. Oh. We're all in the Carlton bandwagon yes. now, aren't we? Yep, you're hey. exciting to watch, Tom. So are the Blues. Blue baggers, now is the time to show your support and sign up. Become a member and be part of it in 2022. Visit membership.carltonfc.com.au or call 1300-CARLTON. Tom, thanks so much again for your time. Thanks for having me, guys. It's great. You, Cheers. On you, mate. One of ten. How about mm. that? <laughs> we, we, the De Koning brothers, seriously, Joey, like they are as exciting young tools in the comp. Like, yep. I know he's picked 30. I, I think he's 30 or 31. That seems extremely yeah, well, when good you think though. about the Mackay brothers that are already playing, you've got the King brothers. The De Konings, are, you know, they're still a bit more raw, yep. but they've got so much upside. Very exciting players, particularly Tom. It's a, it's a nice combination with those three tall forwards for the Blues. Sure is. Plenty more to come on Triple M's Dead Set Legends. We'll preview the rest of round two next. Triple M's Dead Set Legends. The Dead Set Legends. Triple M. Gents, before we chat Saturday football, Jay-Z, a bit of news out of St Kilda, not Good news. Yeah, just quickly. So first-year defender uh, Oscar Adams has been suspended for two matches and will do some extra charity work for crashing his car. The Saints uh, have done a six-week investigation, obviously consulted with police, and found that he was over the legal legal blood alcohol limit when he did have that accident. He was driving in um, rural Victoria on his way back to see his family, I think, from Mount Gambia. So um, a lesson for a first-year player, Joey, who um, made a poor choice yep. and uh, a two-match suspension. He'll be considered for VFL selection in round three. Silly boy. Uh, hopefully has learned his lesson. Just a quick six-week investigation. Does that mean he wasn't honest with the club? Is that what you're implying there? I think. Because, I mean, it would be pretty straightforward if you yeah. owned up to it. If it was an investigate, did he try and um, tell I'm, some porkies? I'm not sure, but it was a thorough probe. Um, it was un- – when – 
I reported this story initially. There were, it was a lot of uh, uncertainty around the circumstances. Yeah. It was very unclear. Right. So you might be onto something right. there, Joey. Mm. Right, eh? Six weeks. Very thorough. Mm. Uh, let's chat about football. Collingwood yep. v Adelaide at the MCG to kick off Saturday afternoon of football. It's always interesting when a team makes a statement in round one what they produce in round two. And hopefully with the Pies, we see the same kind of chaos-style attacking football scored over 100 points last week. Let's hope we see similar today. Hey, hopefully we do. Hopefully we do because it was exciting the way they played. Their pressure was up. They moved the ball forward, as you said, and they've still got match winners. You know, Jordan DeGoey yep. and uh, and a few of the other boys that can all certainly win matches off their own boot and in the back half, particularly with Moore and Howe playing terrific footy. So, yeah, I expect them to do it again today. Adelaide were very good as well, though, against Fremantle. I was actually impressed with how they played. So, that's why this competition's so hard. I mean, most of us would have had Collingwood and Adelaide, you know, sort of in their bottom four at the start of the year, but they're both teams that are playing some good football, but I think Collingwood at the G should be too good. It surprised me that Adelaide stopped Riley Philthorpe. Like, the yeah. number two pick, they're playing for one game in round one, they, and they've dropped him straight away. Surely a young, precocious talent like that, they persist with him for a couple of weeks. Otherwise, it, you know, undermines his confidence a little bit. I, I really love the addition of Patrick Lipinski. So they got him from the Bulldogs, Kath, for pick 43. Now, I reckon we'll be talking about this trade in six months' time as the bargain of last year's trade period. He comes in his first game um, last weekend against against St Kilda, has 30 possessions. He's got the wheels, Joey. So they love his skills. Taylor Adams provides the hardness. Jordan degoe has got the power and the punch. And then Lipinski's that little that, that little lick of cream. He can be the first receiver and hit those targets inside the forward 50. So I just think this was an out, an outstanding recruiting move uh, for a Collingwood team. He's 23. He's the perfect yeah. for their list Well, we profile. always knew he was a very good player. We yeah. knew that at the Bulldogs, but for whatever reason, he just couldn't cement a regular spot. But he gets his chance now, and he started in great fashion. Uh, who are we tipping? Collingwood. I think this is um, Collingwood's to lose. I think they yep. could be 2-0, and zero, which is a great start for uh, Craig McRae. You saw his response to Jack Ginevan. Joe, the, the carry-on, were you okay with that? No. You know, like after, after the round one win with the GoPro. I'm fine with that. Yeah. It's a modern way. I mean, I couldn't believe some of the dinosaur in the media that felt it was over the top. Like, <laughs> come on. No, seriously. Like, it's young. That's the way they connect these days. It's young players. Yeah. I've got no issue with it. Like, seriously. Apparently, the poor kid was a bit affected by it, too. So I'm really disappointed in that. So hopefully, he plays well today. The Dead Set Legends. Give me a spell. Give me a spell. Give me a spell. Yes, welcome back to Triple M's Dead Set Legends. It is our favourite uh, time of the show, isn't it, Joey? Where we try and we'll give someone a bit of a spray or a whack for doing something silly. And after Buddy's 1000th last night, can you believe that Ollie Florent and Chad Warner took the wrong turn out of the ground and ended up on Driver Avenue at the back of the SCG. Yeah. Now, give me a spell, boys. How long have you been at the SCG <laughs> for? Surely you know your way around the ground. Give me a spell. Try and stay inside the venue next time. And they time. would have missed the best 30 minutes of their like their lives, being in the rooms when Buddy's just kicked his thousandth. Poor boys. <laughs> your dead set legend. Triple M's dead set legend of the week. Watch the team you love every game of every round, live and at break free in play on KO Sports. Mate, yeah. you are a legend. Yeah, we're running out of time, but uh, we cannot finish the show without Ash Barty being yep. our dead set legend. She was, already, she was already a three-time dead set legend winner throughout to the last couple three of years. Times. Yeah, she got it a number of times, but of course, retiring this week, she is our dead set legend of the week. Absolutely, what a star. Do you think she'll bob up in another sport? Oh... I think so. Yes. Do you reckon she'll bob up? Golf. Is golf, golf we hearing? footy, something else. AFLW would be nice. Maybe go back to cricket. She loves No, nah, she won't go back to cricket. I she think needs she'll a statue. Do, she'll do something. Yeah. She, she does need a well done. Up next, it's the Saturday Rub. The team will be joined by Collingwood skipper Scott Pendlebury and Adelaide coach Matthew Nix because it is the Pies taking on the Crows to kick off Saturday footy. Enjoy the football. We'll be back next week. 
Triple M's Dead Set Legends is done for another Saturday. Yeah. So, uh, well done, Joe. Your hard work's being rewarded. Just some of my best work. Watch the team you love every game of every round, live and ad break free on KO Sports. Triple M's Dead Set Legends. We'll be back next week. Make sure you do a little bit of training. Keep yourself in good shape. Don't come back too fat. That was always <laughs> my little one. You're Dead Set Legends. <laughs>